Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Mike. And this is Gary. All right. So I haven't ran one of these in a while. So this will be interesting. Uh, So when we were talking about uh, episode topics, I thought this one would be a great one, which is empathy. And uh, how that's divided out, uh, especially by, you know, uh, our therapist that we share and how he kind of divided that. And so there's two forms. There's first level empathy and second level empathy. Uh, so we'll talk about the first level empathy, which is I feel bad for what I've done because of how this affects me. And second level empathy is I feel bad because how this affects others or, or you. Um, and I know I realize after hearing that explanation for me, I'm like, wow, I was in that first camp for a long time. And it was always, you know, I'd get caught and it's like, oh man, I feel horrible because I'm caught and how this affects my life and everything, but I never really looked outside of, okay, how did this affect her? Uh, how did this affect my kids? How does this affect, you know, all these other people that I've hurt um, while acting out? So we're going to yeah. talk about that. I think that's a great topic. Uh, first of all, it, I'm, you know, disclaimer, I think the whole world knows that I'm probably not the most empathetic person on planet <laughs> Earth, and so this is a difficult topic for me. Um this concept that he brought up of first order empathy and second order empathy, I think is, uh, this is really sort of the first time I'd actually heard it. Um, but it is so spot on. And I will say that, um, you know, I've been at this for a good long time, you know, four years now, as far as therapy goes and working through some things. And, and, and I am still struggling, uh, still struggling with sort of making my way into the second order empathy, mm-hmm. though I am keenly aware of the of the the heartache and the damage and the wake of destruction that I've caused in my own marriage and in my own family. I still focus very much on how this has affected me, yeah, not necessarily how this has affected uh, those around me, and uh, uh, that's a that's a place that I need to get to, and I'm not I am not the most comfortable in being able to say I'm there. So this is a this is a lot of work to to do on my part in understanding what empathy is and how it relates and how I can be empathetic to those that I've damaged because there's no doubt about it I've done a lot of damage. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I I still feel like I'm just barely starting to understand it and get into that place. Yeah. Um, I'm now starting to recognize the hurt I've caused other people and actually feeling that remorse. Um, you know when sh- you know uh, Shane brought it up, you know I I suddenly just it I felt it like this weight suddenly plopped on my chest and you know and he pointed it out and i'm just like oh okay i'm, I'm starting to get it um yeah. but it's always been that oh man what was me you know going through this divorce doing all these things and you know can't see my kids now and it was really self-centered on me instead of and i'm starting to see well no i've caused this you know and this has happened because of the things i've done and the pain I've caused her, and my kids are upset with me because of what I've done. Um, so it's kind of looking outside yourself, right? Right. I'm uh, again. I struggle with this. Uh, this. I think I'm past the "woe is me" kind of a concept. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily have experienced that per se, but uh, I still recognize. I still evaluate the uh, the weight 
and pain and suffering of of this addiction and what's what's gone on in terms of how it's affected me, the cost mm-hmm. that it's been to me. Um, even though, again, I recognize I recognize others and the damage that I've done and the and the um, the the magnitude. I uh, been in, I've been introduced to some new um, some new uh, instruction this last week, and and uh, my wife was really good about finding a podcast. Uh, from a from a um, therapist who's who's gone the route of of trauma disclosure with the with the Carnes group and things like that, but then has gone on to do some additional research about what the actual effect of trauma has been on her. And for the first time, I heard it this weekend to describe being described as being uh, I've really damaged her in a way that um, that has really challenged her belief that she can take care of herself. Mm. That she's even a, he has the ability then to say, uh, because it puts her in a very strange position of saying, "Look, do I?" Uh, and he used an interesting example. He says, "You know, do, so so a wife rolls over, recognizes her husband's not in bed, and gets up and says." So she goes out and finds him looking at pornography, and he says, and she says to him, "What are you doing?" And he says, "Oh, I'm just doing some work." Inside, instinctively, she's saying, "That's not right." Mm-hmm. But he's just lied to her. So here's the question. Do I damage my relationship with him by going with my gut instinct, or do I damage myself myself, and and just hide that feeling? And, and over years and years and years of abuse, uh, and that's how he describes it. He literally categorizes it as, as abuse, mm-hmm. that I've abused my wife by damaging her in this way that she second-guesses her her own ability to say this is right or this is wrong. I didn't understand that at all. Um, and I'm just now sort of being introduced to this concept and to this idea uh, that I've, I've abused her in a way that has damaged her beyond. And now, I, you know, can she get those skills back? I don't know. But, but we all know that this addiction dulls our own senses, but it's yeah. also dulled hers as well. To feeling to a point where she can't rely on her own inner, inner, inner beliefs about yeah about her interpretation of the world around her. Uh, I don't want her to be in that vulnerable spot. Um, so again, I'm, I'm I, but I, I don't know how to, f- I don't know how to work through all of that and empathetically in, a, in an empathetic fashion say, how do I, how do I help her with that? How do I fix that? Because I have done some damage there, but I don't know how to do anything about it. <clears throat> Interesting. A lot of weight there, isn't there, Gary? That's yeah. a, that's a heavy yeah. topic. So you guys have had the advantage of this was something that came up in in one of the group sessions that you guys were yeah, in, right? Now, yeah. So a lot of this is new stuff to new you. New stuff to me. I'm just I'm I mean I'm relating to a lot of it. Yeah. Tell me about your own experience in terms of the you know the world of empathy for you. How did you how did you ever get to a spot with Now, you've shared in a podcast previous to this that that your wife said that she trusts you. Yes. Okay. Which carries with it a level of, of uh, empathetic understanding that she that the two of you have related to to some level mm-hmm. and uh, how did how did that happen is that just a function of time is that a function of effort, extra effort how did you get to a spot where you empathetically understood the damage and the pain and the suffering that you would cause as a result of your acting out well that's a big question that is a big question <laughs> I try to Try to unwrap that. And one bit. that I didn't I deliver. Was, I was I was thinking I was thinking as you were telling your story 
I remember once having a conversation with my wife and I told her, I said, every time, every single time that your gut told you that something was wrong, it was, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I tried really hard to validate her past experiences. And, and then I told her, I said, I want you to pay very, very close attention to that feeling. And if you ever feel anything, I said, you, you call me out and and we'll talk about what's going on and, and why that, that is. And, and I said, and if I get defensive or anything like that, then you remind me that I asked you to call me out and that I asked you to call, you know, to call me out on if I got defensive and, and then even if I'm still being about, well then just kick me to the curb because I'm, (laughs) (laughs) but I was, I don't know. I, I think the piece that I struggled with as far as the empathy goes, you know, the first part, focusing on what I had done, I think really kind of manifested itself. When my wife and I would have conversations about what she was dealing with, and I felt like she was attacking me, sure, or she was taking things in the past and, and throwing them back in my face, right? Mm-hmm. And it was really hard for for me to get my head around the idea that I'm even going to have a hard time kind of articulating it even right now. Okay. Maybe a story would be better. I threw her in the mud and she got hurt and now I'm pulling her out of the mud and I'm apologizing and I'm telling her that I want to make things right. So when she starts telling me where she's dirty because of the mud and needs to be cleaned up and where she's hurt because of the fall, that's not an attack on me because I was the cause of it. Right. You know, she's telling me what she needs to do. But, but until I made that transition, that empathy transition, every time we had a conversation like that, it was her attacking me, not This is this is what's happened, and and I, and as soon as I could, as soon as I could, separate that out mentally, and just take all of my crap and just set it aside, and just if for a minute say, okay, this has nothing to do with me, this is about her. Then it put me in a situation where I could actually start to. I'm not. I'm you know actually start to, to help her work through so some of those things, but I'm I'm not even sure that that's what you guys were shooting for. No, no. I, I mean, right I think it's on. pretty close. Uh, or yeah, because I mean, there are many times where uh, my ex would try to explain that, and I would always take it as an attack. Mm-hmm. I couldn't set aside. Okay, yeah. put this aside. Just listen to what she's saying. This is how she's feeling in this moment. Um, yes, it sounds like it's all about me, but really, it's about her her feelings and what's going on there. Um, and, you know, I've caused that. So let's listen and let's focus on that. You know, instead it was, you know, you're the scum of the universe. You're a jerk, blah, 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 blah. Just that those are the list points that were just going through my head. And it's just, you know, and then I'm just feeling more like a jerk and resentful and, 
and then I'm just kind of spiraling down instead of just being in that place listening and caring about how this has affected her. You know, I just had another thought. Share it. Um, I remember initially she would say, you know, everything, my whole life has been a lie. Everything's a lie. Nothing, nothing is real. And man, that used to bug me because I thought, no, there were some things that I was dishonest about. And there were other things that, you know, that was real. That was, you know, and man, I could not get my head around that. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I'm not even sure if it came to me. It was like a little bit at a time and then all at once. And I realized, oh my gosh, I took her world and I dumped it on its head. And it didn't just stop with, oh, he lied to me, you know, and, and there it was like, you know, and I was wrong about him. And then it very quickly went, well, if I'm wrong about him, then maybe I'm wrong about men. And right. if I was wrong about our relationship, maybe I'm wrong about all of my relationships. Yeah. You, you know, and I didn't realize that um, betrayal trauma has that kind of cascading effect Absolutely. until the, you know, the poor girl really didn't know if she had anything to stand on or even how to start framing things again. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Man, I wish I understood that at the beginning. That would have that would have been very helpful. Yeah. Oh well, you know, if ifs and buts were candy, right. we'd yeah. all have a merry Christmas, right? Yeah. No, I, I was mean, thinking of my own experience. Uh, <clears throat> I uh, one of the things that used to drive me absolutely crazy is I'd be driving down the road and my wife was critical of my driving, whatever the case may be, and slow down, you're, you're driving too close, and that whole put her hands on the dash sort of thing. And I used to be so angry about that sort of stuff, and then. Uh, um, when I disclosed and we went through the whole discussion about trauma and all of that sort of stuff that I didn't understand, <clears throat> one of the things that came out of that was is that her her uh, her PTSD is is uh, is constantly as a result of that as a result of that uh, that diagnosis, her mind is constantly looking for danger, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that, and so. It was enlightening for me to find out that now as she's in the car and she's feeling like my driving is too aggressive or that sort of thing and she puts her hands on the dash, that what she's really saying to me is is that, Mike, you've caused this. You've caused my mind to not trust and to not uh, and to constantly be lurk, lurking or to constantly be, constantly be searching for danger, things that, that mm-hmm. could physically hurt me or mentally hurt me or in any way, shape, or form. That's the damage that I've done, and I right. understand that now a little bit more, and I could be a little more empathetic it, to that. You know, your your mind, <clears throat> your mind, kind of creates this model that it works from, and it starts designating things as okay. I don't need to pay attention to that. Yes, I understand that. It's fine. I don't need to pay attention to it. I understand that. It's fine. I don't need to pay attention to it. And then, when this betrayal happens, it's like. Oh crap! I was wrong about that. I I must be wrong about this. this I better pay this. attention to it. I better yeah. pay attention to this. And and suddenly nothing is, yeah. nothing fits anymore. And it right. takes time to start to put all that stuff back together. A lot of the things that she would do is she'd throw things out. She'd say something mm-hmm. along the lines of, you know, my whole life is a lie. And that's a classic example of, of in my situation, it was my whole life's a lie. But 
it was thrown out on the it was thrown out in in terms of a conversation for the sole purpose of trying to get a sense of where I'm at. It's a it's a barometric uh-huh. test is uh-huh. what it was uh-huh. to say what's Mike going to do with this. And uh and there were so many times that I well, no, your life's not a lie kind of like you had done. And I'd start down this path of diatribe that you know sure. to convince her that her life was not a lie and all of these different things until I just baffled her with so much BS that she just simply turned off. Yeah. Um, she just, she was out of the conversation. And there were lots of times that I would arrive at anger. I would get to this spot of anger through all of that. And again, all of that feeding the very thing that she was, that she was trying to understand is where Mike, where's Mike going to be when I throw this out there? Yeah. And, and I think I felt backwards. Yes. I think I felt just nice and backwards into the situation where I told my wife, Oh no, you are absolutely right, and I'm going to now. We're going to do everything to justify that. And, That's right. And I now that I'm thinking about it, I think we started to do that with a lot of other things. Yeah. You know. And yeah. and so that she could start piecing together what what was really going on. Yeah, I mean, my ex did that quite often. You know, the uh, you know, our whole marriage is a lie, or my whole life is a lie. Uh, quite often, there would always be a. I know there's something wrong. You have a you have twenty four hours to tell me, and it's like what what the heck, you know? And it was kind of almost you know like throwing the fishing line out there to see what you know what would st- stick. If right. if I got defensive, oh, there's something definitely going on there, or you know if I got angry, there's something there. Uh, so and it it was definitely annoying, but and it drove me nuts. But I never stopped to think, okay, she's doing this because she can't, you know. There's there's no way for her to trust what's real now, and this is the only way she can try to test those waters. Yeah, so the the damage that we've done as a result of some of these things. Yeah, and I don't know that I necessarily understood that uh, ever. In fact, I'm like I said, I'm just sort of dancing around the concept of what first of all empathy is, but this whole concept yeah. of first order and second order empathy, of understanding that completely. I I, I because I don't, and I, I would love to have an opportunity to really sort of explore with our wives from hear from them at some point in time that this is, this is how this has affected me. Yeah. Uh, my wife shared with me, uh, um, she had gone through the wives group and part of her responsibilities in that was to share an impact letter. And this is the, this is what's actually gone on. This is how it affected me. And I don't know that I was in a place, even when she shared that with me to, to really understand the 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 ramifications and and damage that had been done. In fact, uh, when she did share with me, she was paying attention to how I responded to it. And apparently, my response was something along the lines of, "Huh, wow, that's that's a shame. That's that's too bad," uh, which doesn't show a whole lot of empathy. <clears throat> and so, I still have some work to do, even in this yeah. area, uh, pertaining to that, because I, I I have yet to really sort of absorb the effect of everything that I've done in relation to in relation to what it's done to her. But I'm just starting to understand it because I'm starting to understand it from the science side of it at least, to realize that wow, I've I've caused her to second guess herself, her very own fight or flight mechanism that every person sort of has intrinsically mm-hmm. intrinsically in their in their makeup, um, has caused her to to you know, to feel damaged in that area. Do you know what? I think <clears throat> I've been thinking about this conversation and your your two types of empathy here. I think that you really need 
you really need to do your own work and understand your own thoughts and your own feelings and and kind of the impact that all all of that has had on you because until you can understand and process your own feelings your ability to understand and process somebody else's well, yeah you, you know you need to so in a lot of ways you're kind of limited until you can get some of your own work done that's well, a great to how much you emotionally <coughs> stunted you know because, well, sure that's you why are. we have this yeah. addiction um, so you're right until we can kind of understand our own feelings we definitely can't understand other people's feelings because I mean our own feelings are foreign and alien how are we supposed to even understand how someone else is feeling you know if we're sad or angry or whatever what do we do we run from it we numb out so how are we supposed to understand if you know our wife is is crying you know it's like okay why 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 are you feeling yeah. this way you know you should be feeling this way you know I, I can't count the number of times I was told as a kid you know I scuffed my knee or something and was crying you know rub some dirt on it and and, and quit crying you know that's the repeated message so yeah. how am I supposed to understand why someone else is crying uh, one of my most famous comments um, I'm embarrassed to share this with the entire universe of folks of listening out there but uh, and my wife was kind enough to bring this up to me this last week and as we were sort of talking over this topic that uh we were about three weeks after disclosure, and she was having a particularly bad day. And I, uh, I, um, in my world of empathy, made the comment to her, "It's been three weeks. Why are we still having this conversation? As though we would be over it within three weeks." And I, I laugh a little bit about that only because it masks the pain and suffering of what that really, you know, just the the, the magnitude of a comment like that at a time like that. And how difficult that was, um, how shameful it is now to even kind of contemplate. But that demonstrates the depth of of what this disease does yeah. to uh, to after years and years and years of acting out, how it dulls the senses and dulls the ability to connect with people in an empathetic way, uh, people that we love. <clears throat> and so, I. Uh, um, you're right. I think you're absolutely right, Gary. I think that uh, how could I possibly know much about the concept of an idea about empathy because I've been I've been doling that sense for so long, fifty plus years. It seems as though that uh, that now I I look back and think, well, how will I ever get it back? But I thankfully I, I believe that's the case. Is that that perhaps somewhere in my future. I'll be at a point where I understand this concept of empathy sufficiently in my own world to understand how it is that I can relate then to those around me and those that I've hurt. <clears throat> because clearly a comment like it's been three weeks is is not on the not on the front doorstep of empathy. Yeah. <clears throat> Sounds like it's time to get your emotional whetstone and start sharpening that knife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's a it's a difficult topic. Uh, I love the work of Brene Brown. She's a She's a researcher on this particular yeah. topic and spends a lot of time with that. And so highly recommend listening to anything she may have to say about empathy. One of the points that she brings up is is empathy is this idea and notion of that you're actually, you're actually, though you may not necessarily have fully experienced what it is that uh, this person has, but that that's what she's really trying to get at is yeah. that, you, you know, when somebody expresses pain and sorrow and suffering that, that you can somehow relate to that pain and suffering yeah, and sorrow. Put yourself in their shoes. <clears throat> put and, yourself in their shoes yeah, and, and, and try to relate to it and feel that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. I think that's fantastic advice. And that's, uh, I, for so much of my life, I, I didn't. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic. It um, is. And the one thing I would throw out there, you know, even though you're working on this, you know, don't expect your wife to empathize back with you um, or your partner because, you know, this is your work. I, I There's so many times when I was doing it, like, oh, man, if you just em- realize how hard this is for me, you know, that's still that first order empathy, in my opinion. It's like, no, just pay attention to her feelings and what she's going through. Um kind of stay out of that because if you can stay in that zone it seems like things can work but as long as you're in that first order you know focusing on yourself it's you're just going to keep running into roadblocks over and over and over i think it's interesting that you bring that up i remember a conversation amongst addicts in a texting conversation we were talking about you know accolades i think was the word that was actually pats on the backs (laughs) so to speak that at some point in time the accolades will come and i thought what an interesting choice of words to think of that I pushed you down in a, in a mud puddle. <laughs> so, but so, because you picked me up and dusted yeah. me off, uh, right? So, so, I needed an award. Yeah. I should get an award for that. Yeah. Thank you for cleaning me off. <clears throat> that was a, Now that I've cleaned you up after pushing you in, let's, you should take me to right. sushi. That's right. Yeah. 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 Look how good I am. Yeah, that's look a, how awesome I am. So I think it's great that you bring that up because I think that's, uh, that is so addictive thinking. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. yeah, and we fall into that uh, trap way too many times. We do. We do. <clears throat> so thoughts on uh, on how we can uh, how we can overcome how how do we move from first order empathy to second order empathy? I think <clears throat> I think you have to start like with your own work and and do some of your own stuff. Um, just a quick example. Uh, as soon as I started putting some of my own stuff together, when my boys would have an experience if I could find something that I could relate to, you know, mm-hmm. and then use that as a tool to kind of map their feelings out on myself and, and, and kind of put myself in their shoes. I think that's helped. Uh, one of the, one of the things, one of the things that I, that was a gift from the car accident was <clears throat> I had never, ever, ever experienced physical pain like that before in my life. I didn't even know that a human body could hurt like that. Sure. You know, and so something that I got out of that is now when somebody complains about hurting, I can understand Mm -hmm. to a greater degree what that might be like. Right. And then I can have a a good deal more empathy with that. So I I think you have to look at your own experiences and then, you know, put those into context, really listen to the person and, and you know, yeah. 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 Well, to, there's a lot to think about. I mean, the one thing I would add to that is, you know, when you using your own experience to kind of put yourself in their shoes, still make it about them and don't make it about you. That I, I lost tr- track of that so many times where, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be focused in on, Oh yeah, I got this experience very similar. And I would focus in on that. But then, didn't really it wasn't really about them anymore it was about me delivering this message and and and, and totally missed the empathy mark yeah <laughs> what are you tell me it's not the daniel show is <laughs> yeah 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 you missed know, the I, empathy mark yeah. do you know do you know i think if you could learn to listen and i think a really effective tool is that if i'm if i'm really trying to to listen and understand what you're feeling mike then i'm going to 
let you take whatever time you need to explain to me what it is you're thinking and feeling. And then I'm going to try to repeat that back to you to your satisfaction, giving you all of the power to correct me when I'm not hitting the mark. Sure. And I I think if you could learn to implement that tool so that I can, so I can, if I can get to the point where I can repeat back to you what it is you're thinking and feeling to your satisfaction, Mm -hmm. then that, that might be a good indicator that I'm listening close enough to start. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Start piecing some of that together. I know that, uh, you know, one of the things that, that our, our counselor has shared and I, I hope I don't inaccurately quote him, but as we start talking about the emotions, so when somebody's emoting, sharing it, you know, some intense feeling or emotion or something like that, that there's actually, <clears throat> when I get angry or when I share this emotion that's that's highly, you know, visible, it really, and to some extent, it's this it's this piece of me that's not being that's not being expressed properly. Uh, it's not getting. It's not. It's a reflection to some extent on, on my own insecurities to some extent. And so, if I can understand that from a perspective of somebody who's having this difficult emotional, I, I can relate to that a little bit simply because I can understand the emotion behind it. You see what I'm saying? If I can really understand why is this person getting upset about this particular topic. The why can be a ton of information about that because it's something that perhaps I can relate to. And the minute I can relate to something, I think the empathy can come out. That's the key to it more than anything. Is it something that I can relate to? Is it something that connects with me personally? Mm-hmm. And and in his discussion about that, he tries to point out the fact that these these high levels of emotion kind of conversations, in a lot of cases, what's happening is, is that we're not allowing ourselves to feel or to understand the pain that's behind the yeah. emotion that's going on there. And if we can get to that spot, perhaps we can understand uh, sort of spirit speaking to spirit in a different way. And in that way, we can actually, we can connect in some way and understand better and empathize with what's going on. Well, we're out of time. <clears throat> so, How does that happen? It, it just flies by. So, uh, you know, we we may have to, touch on this topic again um i like the idea you know relating to the wives and get their side of things um because i'm sure they have a much different picture to this uh than we do but uh maybe that's an option in the future uh, i can tell you right now that uh, that my wife is going to have an entirely different perspective about oh yeah empathy and how unempathetic i actually am that's okay so, that, that's how we learn <clears throat> we got to be if it, if it right? makes you feel better i can empathize with that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So oddly enough, it does. <laughs> so we'll sign off. This is Daniel. Uh, so uh, find the humility in your recovery. And this is Mike saying, "Do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring." And this is Gary. <laughs> Do the next straight thing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at twelfth step podcast at gmail.com that is one two th step podcast at gmail.com as a fellowship of recovering addicts sex addicts anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction check out saa-recovery.org